Come on, let's give the Lord a good hand clap. 2019 was an amazing year. How many of y'all feel like the year went by like that? Y'all, yeah, uh, here's another thing. Y'all like that? Y'all like that Alabama shot there, huh? Yeah. And the whole video, everybody's like, "Oh, praise the Lord!" And they get that. <laughs> well, happy New Year to you and your family. Hope you're having a great day. It's good to see everybody this morning. And I want to take a quick moment to welcome you if you're here today for the first time. Uh, you are our guest, and it's great to have you with us today. My name is Jay. My wife, Stacy, and I are the pastors here at Journey, and it's just, just a blessing to have you with us. And I also want to take a moment to greet all of those who are joining us online. We have a, a great group of people every Sunday morning who join us as we stream this service live. And Journey Church, I wonder if we could take a quick moment. Let's give them a great big hand clap and welcome them this morning. So good to have you with us today. Now, you guys know that we jump into a new year. There's a lot of activity through the holidays and whatnot. And everybody's got their New Year's resolutions and all the stuff that's going on in life. And as a church, something we started years ago when we launched Journey Church was we said that whenever we go into a new season, a new, a new beginning of a, a new year, we want to start it with a season of prayer and fasting. And so today actually began 21 days of prayer and fasting for us as a church. And we've been talking about this over the last several weeks. And I challenged you uh, to see over these 21 days, uh, what are some things within your life that you would fast? And a lot of different people fast in a lot of different ways. Uh, for some, myself included, I like to do what's called the Daniel fast. Fruits, vegetables, water for the 21 days. Uh, some people say I'm going to fast one meal a day. Some people say I'm going to give up sweets or, or social media or those things. And let me clarify something for you. Fasting is not a glorified diet, okay? Because if you just uh, say, well, I'm just going to eat a salad every day and that's it, but you don't pray, then you're just on a diet, okay? Uh, if your goal through fasting this 21 days is to lose weight, you're just dieting, okay? So here's what we want to do. We want to take that time that we would devote to that, maybe Facebook or, or the times in, uh, in eating a meal, and we want to devote that to being in the presence of the Lord. Uh, we want to spend time in worship. We want to spend time in prayer. We want to spend time studying the Word. In the beginning of the year, it's a great time to begin to put these habits within place. So these 21 days, we actually come together as a church and we pray and we just want to spend this time in the presence of God. Now, here's what we're going to do. Uh, tonight, everybody say tonight. We're actually kicking this off in a great way. Tonight at 6 o'clock, we're going to have a night of worship. We decided we've never done this before. But we decided to start this time of worship, uh, this time of prayer and fasting with a night of worship. And so tonight at 6 o'clock, we're going to gather here. And it's going to be very simple, okay? There's not going to be any preaching or anything like that. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to receive communion together, and then we're going to turn over the worship team, and we're just going to have a time of worship, and it's going to be from 6 to 7. We know the kids have school tomorrow, so we want to keep it within that hour and respect that. And so I'm going to ask you to join me here tonight and a bunch of other people as we ring in this new year the right way, and we spend it in the presence of the Lord. Look at your neighbor and say, I'll see you here tonight. That's going to be awesome. Okay. Now, I have some friends I want to introduce y'all to. The reason for this is because you guys heard me talk about them a lot as we were talking about the legacy offering, uh, the care point in Belize that we're going to build. Uh, this young couple, Stacy and I met them some years ago, and they made an impression on us. We kind of lost touch with them, and we reconnected. 
uh, back in the summertime. They're based out of Kenya, and you guys actually gave in the legacy offering towards helping them purchase a new van. We also, as a church, starting this month, we're supporting them financially as they are on the missions field. So I want y'all to give a great big Journey Church welcome this morning to my good friends Aaron and Stephanie. You guys go ahead and come on up here. Let's give it up for them. All right. How y'all doing? Doing great. All right. So here's what I want y'all to do. Uh, you know, in the first service, everybody enjoyed meeting y'all. And uh, first of all, you said in the last service you're older than you look. Aaron, he, you know, I asked him how old he was. He was 29, so that means you're 21. Uh, so when you said 29, I'm like, yeah, y'all really old, you know. Uh, wait till you get to my age, then you'll be really old. But I just kind of wanted y'all to take a few moments, meet everybody, let them meet you, put a face to a name and all that good stuff. Why don't you tell them what's going on over in Kenya, what you guys are doing? Absolutely. So we are the DiMaggio's, um, and we serve in Kenya, Africa, East Africa. We've been there since 2010. And so we started uh, interning beneath another ministry, and then in 2015, God led us to start our own ministry. So we are Kufikia International, um, and we... You said Kufakia? Kufakia. Everybody say Kufakia. There you go. Learn now, you look, you speak Swahili. Look at y'all. Um, it means reach. And so we are reach international. And, um, and so we live out in the bush. We're not in the city. We are in the bush. Find nowhere. Keep going. And that's where we are. And, um, and so God is just doing just an incredible work in Kenya. Um, but one of our focuses is evangelism and community outreach. And this year we found an entire community that is completely untouched by the gospel of Jesus Christ. And this year alone, over 800 people heard the gospel of Jesus Christ for the first time and received Jesus Christ into their hearts. Come on, Jesus. It was amazing. We saw the Spirit of God fall in the middle of the bush. They were speaking in tongues, not because they saw it on TV or on YouTube or experiencing it in a church, but because they had a genuine encounter with the Spirit of God. And we've seen healings and testimony after testimony. We call it the African Great Bond. By the time we get to the, another village, they've already heard of the miracles and the testimonies from the village before. And uh, it's, it's amazing, the African Great Bond. Um, but God is just doing an amazing work. We also work with street kids. Uh, these are seven seven, eight, nine-year-olds addicted to drugs, living homeless on the streets, and we're able to get them off of the streets, uh, clothe them, feed them, get them into school, rehabilitate them, reconnect them with their families if we can. Uh, we work in schools, community outreach. Um, we had the opportunity to go in every single week to a school of 1,100 kids and teach the, uh, the, the Word of God and disciple these students. Uh, and God's just doing an amazing work there in Kenya. Hey, I want to say thank you guys because we cannot do what we do without the support of churches like yourselves. When you guys give in your offering, it's literally reaching the unreached people groups in Africa. It's getting children off the street. It's rescuing girls from early marriage. And that's just our ministry, not including the other many amazing ministries you guys partner with. So thank you guys so much for your support. It's changing the world. Thank you. Well, you know, one of the things that, that astounded me about you guys is a lot of times you send a missionary out. And you get back with them a couple years later and you find out that they've done some things, but it's, you know, like, okay, we're going to build this and we bought a couple bricks. Uh, you guys had done so much in such a short period of time, like the Lord was just doing miracles, uh, providing property, Absolutely. buildings, all these different things. And so that's one of the reasons I said, okay, we want to come alongside of you guys and partner because they really are making a difference over in Africa. And I want to tell you all, you guys, uh, through the legacy offering, they had a balance on a van that they were wanting to buy and... 
and our, we, through the legacy, legacy offering, you are giving $10,000 to their ministry. And so they, the stories that they would tell me about, I mean, just, just craziness. That, I think that one village that y'all interacted with and led people to Christ, is that the one where you like just decided to get a machete and just start hacking through the bush to find people? Um, so where we live, there's these, like, there's these big hills that start rolling into the distance, right? And um, it's a, there's this, this false ridge where it looks like it's the top of the hill. But I was like, man, there's got to be water on the other side pooling in the valleys there. And so if there's water, they're going to bring livestock there, which means there's going to be villagers that live there. And I'm not talking like, you know, the, like the you know, villages with like towns and lights and electricity. I'm talking about people who live in cow manure and mud and stick huts. That's, this is what I'm talking about. They, they're naked in the wilderness. And so I, we climbed up over this hill and we couldn't go any farther with the vehicle. We literally had to get people out of the van to raise the clearance so we could go over rocks. And we had to put rocks in washes where the rain is eroding, uh, you know, on seasonal rivers so we could get up into this area and clear a road because there was literally no way to get there with a vehicle so that we could get to this area. And when we got there, the first person we met had never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ, had never seen a vehicle, had never seen a white face, had never heard about Jesus Christ. And there in that place, she was touched by the power of God and accepted Jesus Christ. Amen. And we were able to... <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Well, here's what, Stacy. why don't you go ahead and come on up here. And what we want to do is they're getting ready to leave. You are leaving on the 13th? That's right. Heading back, to, heading back to Kenya. Uh, you said you are going to mission the national championship game. Oh, we're going to watch in the airport. Oh, praise we're the Lord. We're going to find a praise way. Praise the Lord. We're going to keep our phone on. You know, they they are it. from here. You're from... Uh, I'm from uh, Lake Martin area, Bro Bridge. Yeah? Yeah. Como ça va? Yeah. Ça uh, va bien. That's what I'm talking about. Okay. And you are from Satsuma? Walker. Walker. Okay. So these are our people, okay, that we're sending out. So we want to just pray over y'all and say, so let's switch places. And I want everybody in here to extend your hands towards them. And let's just pray over them as they head out here in the next few days. Father, we love you and thank yes, you for Lord. your presence you, here with us today. And we lift this dear couple, their family up before you, Lord God. And just thank you for your favor and blessings over them, Lord God. I thank you for filling their spirits and their mouths, Lord God, with your word as they go out and encounter different people in villages, in the bush, Lord God. That, Lord, as they speak your word that lives are transformed forever, Lord God. And I thank you for the honor and privilege as a church of being able to come alongside of them and help them in this journey, Lord God. And I just thank you that as we come together as the body of Christ, Lord, we just speak favor. And I thank you that your voice, the voice of the good shepherd, leads them and directs them through the power of the Holy Spirit. We give you all praise and glory today in Jesus' name. Let's everybody say together. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, let's give them another good hand clap. Thank you guys so much. Love you guys. All right. Well, I just wanted to introduce them to y'all because they're awesome. That's why. But, you know, how many of you in this room agree that 2019 went by like that? It was like, wow. Now, here's the question. This is a little pop quiz. How many of you in this room, be honest, you're in church, okay? Don't make me preach a message online. Uh, how many of you in this room, you made New Year's resolutions in 2019? Raise your hand. 2019, okay? How many of you in here said, you know what, forget the resolutions, I'm done with that? Okay. How many of y'all are like, I ain't raising my hand no matter what you ask? All right. <laughs> well, I am convinced, I don't care if you raised your hand or not, 
there are goals, there are resolutions, there are things that we want to see done differently within our lives for 2020. And people say, man, this is my year. Uh, you know, we're a new decade. It took me all this time to get here, but man, it's a new decade. And I'm excited about what this new year brings. And this is my year. I'm going to lose 20 pounds. I'm going to start serving Jesus the way that I need to. I'm going to pour into my marriage, my family. I'm going to start exercising. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Things are going to change. What happens Seems like those resolutions, those goals, those dreams kind of fall by the wayside rather quickly. And in fact, it's kind of like this. Think of it like this. I'm going to lose 20 pounds and you walk up in Oak Point to get a salad. And they got them king cakes, y'all. Oh, man. King cakes, good. That's good stuff right there. They, they always do this when we start the fast, too. I'm like, what are y'all doing? You know? Or, or how about this? In the morning, you're like, I'm going to get up early. I'm going to start getting up at 5.30. I'm going to go exercise. I'm going to get in shape. And the alarm goes off at 5.30. And you're like, well, maybe I'll start next Monday, you know. <laughs> and you hit the snooze button over and over and over and over. And those goals, those dreams, those resolutions, they kind of fall by the wayside. And here's what takes place. I'm convinced that after the first several weeks of the new year, we begin to get a little discouraged. We begin to get a little down. In reality, you may not realize this, but there is a day called Blue Monday. Did a little research on this. Blue Monday is the third Monday of the new year. And it is historically the most depressing day of the year. The reason for that is because typically by the third Monday of January, people's resolutions have gone out the window. People are starting to get bills from all the stuff they bought at Christmas time. There's, uh, the, the weather's not agreeing with us. Of course, here in Louisiana, you don't know, it, we might have sunshine, it might be 90 degrees. But uh, typically it's dreary. Typically it's kind of rainy in January. And so by that third Monday of the new year, a lot of people are discouraged, a lot of people are depressed. And that day has been dubbed Blue Monday, the most depressing day of the year. And I thought, what a terrible thing. And we should not be living like that as the body of Christ. And so here's the thought that I had. If what we're doing, if we make these resolutions, these goals, all these plans, if that doesn't work because we seem to fall into that tra trap year after year after year, there's got to be a better way. Lord, what is the best way that I can live my best life? And so today, we're going to go into a little bit different direction. We're going to look at some things here in a few minutes to help us live our best life. Now, here's a question for you. If there was a better way, would you take it? Because uh, a lot of times people are like, well, I don't know. What's it going to cost me, you know? It's going to cost you allowing God to work within your life and your heart. I'm thinking of it like this. You know, you guys know that over the last several years, usually about every other year, our family takes a trip at Christmas time. We like the snow, so we go up to Colorado, and we like to go, go skiing and all that kind of stuff. I'm happy to report to you, uh, I did not wind up in the emergency room. Well, I did wind up in the emergency room, but it wasn't for me, okay? Uh, it was for another member of our family, and that's their story to tell. But uh, I was just like, thank, thank you, Jesus, it's not me. And Stacy was like, but it's one of your children. And I'm like, oh, well, it's not me. Uh, <laughs> 
everything's okay, he's fine, all right. Uh, but here's the deal. When we were planning this trip, uh, there's a couple different routes you can take. And the first route that I found, it carried us over Highway 160 across a, a pass called Wolf Creek Pass. And as I started planning this, this out, I did a little research on Wolf Creek Pass on Highway 160, and I discovered that during the winter times, it's one of the most dangerous highways in Colorado. One of the most dangerous passes because a lot of times they have to close it because there's switchbacks, there's areas where there's no guardrails, uh, there's ice and snow and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, cool, that sounds awesome, you know? Well, I made the mistake while I was planning this trip. I actually kind of shared a little bit of that with Stacy, and she was like, all right, I'm not going. And so I'm like, what? And she said, I'm not going on. If that's one of the most dangerous roads in the winter in Colorado, I'm not, we're not doing that. you got to find another route. you got to find a better way. And so I got it back on the Internet and actually uh, found another route where we went through Santa Fe. And here's the cool part. That route through Santa Fe, it saved us 40 minutes of driving, okay? Because every guy in this room knows why you're trying to qualify for NASCAR on the road. Uh, that a, a minute saved is everything, right, guys? I mean, it's like there is no record to break, but there is a record to break, okay? <laughs> and so we saved 40 minutes, and in fact, it was a much better route. And guess what? There was a better way, and I took it, and I saved time, and I saved my wife's sanity too. Uh, but here's the deal. If there's a better way in life, why don't we take it? Why don't we take the things that God places in front of us? Because I like what Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says. It tells us, for we are God's masterpiece. And check this out. I want you to think about this. If, in fact, Scripture is telling us that we are God's masterpiece, that means that he cares immensely for us. He loves us. He wants what is best for us. And look at this. He goes on the writer. Paul says he has created us anew in Christ Jesus. You need to understand something. When you come to Christ... He doesn't just improve your life. He doesn't just fix your life up. He makes you brand spanking new. Look at your neighbor and say, you're brand new in Christ. Let's read on. So we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. In other words, God has a plan and a purpose for our lives, and he has a better way for us. We just have to learn to walk in that better way. Now, here's the question that I have for everybody in this room today. Are you, when it comes to your life, are you spending your life or are you investing your life? Because if you're just spending your life, typically what's happening, you're just going day to day, kind of doing whatever's in front of you, not really maybe sometimes a whole lot of thought with it, kind of like, well, it kind of feels right, it feels good, so let's do it. And so as a result, you're just kind of blowing through life, you're spending your life, and there's really not a whole lot to show for it. The next question is, are you investing your life? Because when you're investing your life, you're thinking of the future. What does the future hold for me? And I took this rope, great illustration that I did years ago whenever I was a student pastor. Had a lot of fun with it whenever I did students, because uh, we would do illustrations all the time. And I took a rope, kind of like this. I actually used toilet paper, and I decided to use rope today because this is just cooler, okay? And I started thinking about our lives and, and how they work. And I want you to take, the, take a look at this and imagine this as a timeline, okay? A timeline of your life. 
Where does your life end? And the reason why I want to show you this is because a lot of times we have a difficult time wrapping our brain around how long our life really is. The average age of a person these days is between 76 and 80 years of age. But guess what? We are eternal beings. We will never stop being. And a lot of times we have a difficult time wrapping up. Well, does that mean like 100 years or 1,000 years or 10,000 years? Oh, I don't even want to think about a million years. I can't even think like that. We have a difficult time wrapping our mind around what our life really looks like. So imagine this is a timeline of your life. And imagine this right here, this black piece of tape, is your time here on earth. 70-ish, 80-ish years. And we spend so much time focusing on this. You're like, Pastor Jay, shouldn't we? Well, guess what? Shouldn't we spend a lot more time focusing on this? Because what happens after here is what matters in here. And you're going to spend eternity either in eternal life in the presence of God or you're going to spend eternity in eternal death separated from God forever and ever. We work so hard. We're born. We get here and we're born and we kind of go through those little toddler years. Oh, there's the terrible two right there. Y'all see it? Okay. Oh, it's bad. <laughs> then we get into the teenage years. Oh, wow. A lot of prayer for the parents right there, okay? We get into the 20s, and we, we get married, we begin to settle down, we work on our career, and we work hard and build a life so that we can get right here, around 65, so that man, oh man, can we enjoy our final years. But are they our final years? How, how long does this go on? Ryan, you want to give me a hand here? Oh, Ryan. Okay, Ryan. Okay. No. Either or, it all works the same, Okay. Take this here and, and just start walking to the back of the room. It's all going to tangle up, but it's okay. It'll work its way out. Sometimes life gets tangled up. Well, it's not going to untangle, so. Do you love it when an illustration goes awry? There we go. Got it? Okay. Oh, there we go. There you go, Clay. Untangle that for me. That, now, that's what I'm talking about. Just take it around. Take it across the back there, Brian. Yeah, keep going. You can go out the door. Bye. <laughs> you say, why would you send them out the door? Because guess what? This here goes on even further than we can imagine or even see your dream. And we spend so much time right here. Well, Pastor Jay, that's all the time we have. Is it? Is it? What we do here matters for all of this. And the question is, are we spending our lives... And, and just blowing through it and saying, eh, it doesn't really matter. I'm just going to live for myself and do what I want to do and all that kind of stuff. And you will pay the price here. Or 
Are you investing your life for eternity? And are you investing your life in a way that, imagine this timeline goes on, every one of us have one of these. Imagine you're investing your life in a way that you're helping other people to experience eternal life in Christ Jesus. Are you investing your life or are you spending your life? I kind of thought about it this way as we roll into this new year and we look at everything that's happening is that we really need to begin to get serious about what God has for us. And the reason why is because James kind of says it like this. He says, what is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. In other words, your life here on this earth is, everybody snap your finger. It's like that. And what we do here on this earth, as General Maximus said in one of my favorite movies, Gladiator, he says, what you do in life echoes in eternity. It really does matter. And so if we're going to live our best life, if we're going to live out the life that God has for us, why don't we look at the teachings of Jesus and we gain some wisdom and knowledge for our lives as we step into this new year so that we can live our best life. And here's where I want to take you, Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. If you have your Bible, you can turn there. If not, no worries. The scriptures will be on the big screen. But here's what Jesus, one day he's with his disciples. They're kind of out teaching, preaching, making their way through town. And this happens. It says, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted. Everybody say distracted. She was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked. And notice how she addresses him. She doesn't address him, hey, Jesus, a rabbi, a teacher. She addresses him as Lord. That'll come into, into play here in just a second. Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Jesus... My sister is acting like a lazy bump. She's left all this work, all the preparation, everything on me. Can you please tell her to help me? And look at his response. Martha. Martha. He's saying it in a way like, hey, settle down, sister. You're worried and upset about many things. But few things are needed. Look at this. Indeed, only what? Only one. And Martha has chosen, I'm sorry, Mary has chosen what is, what is the word? Better. And it will not be taken away from her. So if we're going to invest our lives for eternity, if we're going to live the best life that God has for us, how do we do that? Well, we learn from this story right here, the very first thing. It's this, it's devotion to the Lord instead of letting the distractions of life come along and rob life from us. Think about that. And I, I specifically put that in the notes, devotion to the Lord. How did she address him? She addressed him as what? As Lord. If we are devoted to the Lord, then we are investing our lives for eternity. And notice, I want you to get this. He didn't, come, he didn't fuss at Martha. He didn't tell her, hey, what you're doing, Martha, shame on you. It's bad. He didn't do that. He just said, hey, hey, Martha, you, you got some worries, you got some concerns. Your sister has chosen what is, what is better. 
She has chosen what is best, and it's not going to be taken away from her. What you're doing, it's not bad. It's okay that you, you, know, you want to make sure everything's right. But your sister is sitting here at my feet enjoying my presence. She's enjoying the presence of the Lord. And that's what's best, and that will not be taken away from her. And here's a question for you. Have you ever had the best? Have you ever had maybe an opportunity to choose what is better or not? I know Stacy and I went out on a date recently. And we were sitting there, we were looking at the menu, and it was just one of those nights. I know this is hard for y'all to believe. I just wasn't feeling it. I wasn't like, like ravenously hungry. I'm just like, I don't know, just... Uh, Stacey, she looked at her menu. She said, you know, I think, I think I'm going to get a steak. And I said, well, you, you go ahead. If that's what you want, you get a steak. But I, I think I'm going to get, there was a sandwich at there. I said, I'm just going to be different tonight. I think I'm just going to get this sandwich. And she said, oh, okay, but I'm getting the steak. I said, all right. She said, it's a little steak. I know what she's saying, like, you ain't getting none of it. And I ordered, and she ordered, and I got, they brought my sandwich and put it in front of me, and immediately I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> I look across the table at her plate, and I'm like, hmm, you, you going to eat all that, girl? No joke, she ate every bite. Every bite. She, she's proud of it, too. I took a bite of my sandwich and it was just, it was just, it was, it was a letdown. You ever had that happen before? It's like, eh, it's not what, I, it's not really what I thought. I had an opportunity to choose what was better, but I didn't. The waiter came by a little, and I kind of picked at it and I was just like, Neh. and the waiter came by a little at Lala and he said, sir, is, is everything okay? And I said, yeah. He said, how was your sandwich? And I'm like, eh, it was all right. He walked away. My wife said, well, that was rude. <laughs> like, what? He asked me how my sandwich was, and I was just honest, and she was like, well, you were kind of rude about it. I'm like, I really wasn't. So waiter comes back over and said, look, I want to apologize to you, because my wife said that I was rude to you. He's like, sir, you, no, you, I asked you, and you just were honest with me. And he said, how was the sandwich? And I'm like, eh, it was all right. <laughs> so walked away. She said, you were still rude. <laughs> But have you ever had something in life where, where you had an opportunity to choose what was best, what was better, and you didn't? And we have an opportunity with our life, in the timeline of our life, to choose what is best for our life. And here's where it comes down to. Will you choose Jesus? Will you devote your life to Jesus as Lord of your life. Now a lot of people say, well, well, I'm religious. Listen to me. Religion does not get you in heaven. Religion tries to conform you to a system. Devotion to Jesus is about developing relationship with Jesus. It's about acknowledging and realizing, hey, listen, on my own, there's no way I can make it into heaven. The Bible says the wages of sin is death, and I'm a sinner, so that means that in my sin, I face an eternity. That long rope Separated from God forever and ever in hell. But I have an opportunity to choose the best. 
I'm a sinner, I can choose Jesus because Jesus came to this earth for me and he gave his life on a cross to pay the price for all of my sins. Jesus, I choose you. And I devote everything that I am to you. There's a lot of stuff in this world that's going to try to distract me. But Jesus, I devote my life to following you. And Jesus being Lord of your life means this. It means that he is in charge. He is first within your life. He is the king of your life. Devotion. It's the first step, the first move in us investing our life in eternity. Here's another one. And Jesus... He also gave us this example is we're going to invest our lives in eternity instead of just spending our life and really not having anything to show for it. We have to be about serving others instead of myself. Okay. Now, I get this. I understand we live in a world, our culture, our society, it's all about me, myself, and I. It's about me, 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 me first. Take care of me now. But Jesus modeled a life of giving himself away to other people. One one of my favorite illustrations is Jesus whenever he's with his disciples and he's at the last meal with them, the last supper, and he realizes, he looks around and they all got dirty feet. And he realizes that nobody's taking care of this lowly task of washing the feet of everyone gathered there so that they they wouldn't stink. You ever been around stinky feet before? It ain't nice. And Jesus, he's sitting there and he's like, man, these guys, they... They got some stinky feet. And instead of demanding, hey, Peter, get up and wash feet, what did Jesus do? He got up, he took off his outer garment, he wrapped, he girded himself with a towel, and he took a basin, and he began to wash feet. In other words, he gave us a great example for us to follow. And this is how he finished it up. John chapter 13, verse 12. It says, when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. And look at this. Do you understand what I have done for you, he asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet. You also should wash one another's feet. I have set an example that you should do as I have done for you. What does all that mean? It means that as the body of Christ, if we're going to invest in eternity, invest our life in eternity... It means that we have to be devoted to following Jesus, to let him be Lord of our life. But we have to live a life of Jesus, and that means that we're serving people that he places around us in life, wherever we are. If you're on the serve team here on Sunday morning, serving coffee, parking cars, all that, that's awesome. We we applaud you. You guys, it's amazing the way that you serve and go out of your way to love people and to help people. But guess what? When we step off this property, we better still be serving people. In the office, at Walmart, listen to this, in our homes, we should be serving our spouse, we should be serving our kids, we should be walking in the character and the nature of Christ. The fruit of the Spirit coming out in our life. And our human nature is we're, we're, we're in a parking lot and somebody's going, over, oh, there's a good parking spot. And we go to get that parking spot. We cut off three people to get that parking spot. And it's an elderly lady. Ah, forget you. <laughs> Looks like you need some exercise. <laughs> Shame on you, Pastor Jay. Hey, no. It's what we see in the culture, in the society that we live in. Instead of backing away and saying, take this. 
Jesus modeled for us serving. And if we're going to live a life devoted to Christ, investing our life in eternity, we better be about serving the people that he places around us. Here's the next one. Next one. We're talking about investing. We need to be investing in building God's kingdom. You say, well, what does that mean? That means people. We're going to serve people. We're going to love people. Then we better be willing to share the gospel with people. The gospel is good, the good news. The gospel is the good news of what Jesus did for all of us. And we have a responsibility to build God's kingdom, to invest in other people, to tell them that Jesus loves them enough to go to the cross for them and to share our story about how he changed our life. And the gospel is not about improving your life. The gospel is not about making your life better. The gospel is all about changing your life, making you, listen to this, a brand new person through Christ Jesus. Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew 28. He gave us a a, a responsibility. He said, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. Look at the last part. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. You say, well, well, Pastor Jay, what does that mean for me? That means for me as an individual that I have a responsibility to, to build God's kingdom, to share my story, to invite people to church, to tell people about how much Jesus loves them and how he can change their life. And, and as a church, corporately, this is one of the reasons why We do the things we do like investing in in Aaron and Stephanie so that they can go to Africa, a place that that maybe we we might not ever step foot there, but they can go there and they can share the good news of the gospel. You guys are funding that through your tithe and your offering. It's one of the reasons why we plant care points in Belize so that kids are fed and kids are taught about Jesus and how much he loves them. Now he can change their life because of what he did for them at the cross. It's one of the reasons why we go down the road six miles and we plant a brand new campus in Watson. So then in that community right down the road, we can reach even more and more people. We are building the kingdom of God. We invest our lives in it. It is what God has called us to do. And 2020 is just the beginning. If, in fact, what we do is we look back and we say, you know, the things we've done before, resolutions, all this kind of stuff, it's just not working. It kind of falls by the wayside. And if there's a better way and we're going to take it, we're going to devote ourselves to taking that way and quit letting the distractions of the world keep us from accomplishing everything that God has called us to accomplish. That it means that we embrace what he has for us. There is more to life than I think that there is. I heard a story, and here's where I'm going to wrap this up. I heard a story. I was on my way driving. And let me tell you what, when you drive as long as we drive, I, I, I logged 40 hours of driving while we were gone. And my wife logged 40 hours of sleeping while we were gone. She sleeps. That's, she's my co-pilot. She's sleeping. And uh, I'm listening to podcasts and listening to different things. And I heard a story. That, that a minister that I love to listen to, he shared this story of a lady named Marina Chapman. That Marina Chapman was four years old living in Columbia. And she was playing in her backyard. And she felt a hand go around her mouth and she smelled something that had a chemical smell to it. And they, they speculate that it was chloroform. She passed out. Men kidnapped her. 
took her way into the jungle. She said that all she remembered was hearing this truck run, and she, would, she heard the laughter of other children. She didn't really know where that was coming from, but she was only four. These men carried her deep into the jungle and left her there. Nobody knows why, but unfortunately, they did unspeakable things. And she's left in this jungle all alone. It's dark. And she said in her biography, the story is the girl with no name. National Geographic did a, did a, a story on her as well. And she said that she just knew that somebody would come to rescue her. Nobody did. One day turned into two days. And by the second day, she began to notice that there were, there were monkeys around where she was. The monkeys did not like her being there in the area where they were. Monkeys can be pretty aggressive. They began to scratch her and poke at her. And eventually over time, these monkeys got used to her being around. And she would scavenge for food. They would be carrying a banana or whatever. And every now and then one of them would drop the banana. And she would be able to eat. Eventually, over the course of time, the monkeys got more and more used to her. And she began to, to live with them. And a day turned into two days, turned into three days, turned into a month, turned into five years of living in the jungle. One day, she was up in the canopy. She saw something on the forest floor. And she came down and she picked it up. And when she did it, scared her. She dropped it. She ran back up into the canopy. She was curious. And so she came down the tree and she got, and her story says it was a shard, a piece of a mirror. And she looked in that shard of a mirror and she saw her face for the first time. And she realized that, you know what? I don't look like these monkeys. I, I'm, not, I'm not a monkey. I don't belong here. There has to be something better for me. But she didn't know what to do. So she went back up into the canopy. Story records that a couple months later, some hunters rescued her. Life took some different twists and turns. But now, she's in her late 60s, early 70s. She lives in the UK. She's married. She has a family. She has grandchildren. And story records one of her favorite things to do is to climb trees with her grandkids. I thought that was pretty funny. She looked in that shard of mirror and all of a sudden something snapped. There has to be something better. I don't belong here. And the question for you is and you look in the mirror of your life and you're honest with yourself and you're honest with God. Do you recognize that there has to be something better as we invest our lives in eternity? We take 2020 forward and we grow in our relationship. We grow in our devotion to Christ. We become all about serving people and loving people and letting the character and the nature of Christ grow inside of us. And we invest in his kingdom. We become all about sharing the gospel with people and not wanting people to see that timeline of their life lead to destruction. But we become all about 
sharing the good news of the gospel with Jesus. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to close your eyes just for a moment. And imagine yourself looking in the mirror of your life. Are you happy with what you see? Or does your heart cry out, God, change me? There has to be more. There has to be better. What I'm doing is just not working. I'm I'm tired of hanging out with the monkeys. Lord, I want what you have for my life. And for some of you in this room, the first step in that is surrendering your life to Jesus. Maybe you've come to the realization over the course of this message that your heart is not right with God. You've never surrendered your life to Jesus. Perhaps you've tried to, to settle that with religion. You've tried to settle that with being good. But my friend, listen to me. That That doesn't lead to heaven. Typically, that leads to frustration. The only way is through Jesus. It's crying out to him and embracing him as Lord and Master and Savior of your life. Embracing his forgiveness. Coming to the realization that just like me and everybody else, you're born a sinner. And there's no hope for your life aside of Christ. It's the very reason he came to this earth and went to the cross so that the sins of mankind could be paid for. But it's up to us. We have to step out and receive freely what he did by faith. Today, maybe you find yourself at the place where you're ready to take this step. And I want to pray with you if that's you. But there might be others of you in this room who would say, Pastor Jay, I recognize my need to get my heart right with Jesus all over again. Today, I need to renew my commitment to Christ. I need to get my heart right. But today, before we pray, cross this room, every eye closed, every head bowed. If you would say, Pastor Jay, I want to be a part of that prayer. Today is my day. Then do me a favor. I'm not going to embarrass you, but I'd like to know who I'm praying for. So wherever you are in this room right now, if that's you, raise your hand. Let me see. Is there anybody here? I see you here, here, and here, here. I see you in the back over here. I see you right here. Right back here. I see you right here. Young man right here. That's awesome. Right here. I see you. And here's what I want you to do. Where you are, I'm going to give you these words, but this is your prayer. And you talk to the Lord. You open up your heart and talk to him. And this is what you pray. I want you to say, Jesus, thank you for the love that you have for me. That you would choose to go to the cross in my place. You paid the price for my sin, my guilt, my shame. And today, by faith, I receive what you did. Now, Jesus, today I freely acknowledge I am a sinner. I've messed up. And today I repent for the sin in my life. Jesus, I ask you today that through your precious blood, you would forgive me. That today you would make me brand new. And Jesus, today I ask you to come live in my heart. Today I embrace you as the Lord, the master, the king of my life. Today, be my savior. And I thank you so much for letting me step into your family. That today... I begin to invest my life for eternity. Now across this room, every eye still closed. 
If you would honestly say, Pastor Dave, the things I've been doing ain't been working. I need God to change me. I need God to work in me. I, I love Jesus. He's my Lord. He's my Savior. But today, I genuinely want to begin to invest my life for eternity. Serving others. Loving people the way Jesus did. I want Jesus to be my life completely devoted to him and serving him. If that's you today, raise your hand. Let me see it. All across this room. All across this room. Do me a favor. Everybody stand to your feet right now. Stand to your feet. And I'm going to pray over you. I want you to do me a favor. Take your hands. Just hold them up just like this. Just like this. Like, you, like you're getting something. Here's a box. Okay. And I'm going to pray over you. The presence of the Lord. Father, we love you so much. And you are so good the way that you love us. You're patient with us. You're kind with us. You're gracious with us. And Father, we thank you so much for that. But today what we ask above everything else is that you would change us to be more like you every day of our lives. To let the fruit of the Spirit be so real inside of us that, Lord, it emerges, it pops out in every situation that we're, we're kind and loving and joyful and peaceful in the situations we find ourselves in. Give us opportunities. Everybody say, give us. Give us opportunities to serve people and to show people your love. Give us. Everybody say, give us. Give us opportunities to share the good news of the gospel. And when that door swings open wide, Lord, let us be bold and walk in your courage. And Holy Spirit, lead every word as we share a story, as we invite people to church, as we love on people, Lord God. Let 2020, not just this year, but let it be a beginning for all of us, Lord God, as we invest our lives for eternity. We love you today, Lord. You're so good to us. We give you praise. In Jesus' name, what's everybody say together? Can we give the Lord a good hand clap today? Now I'm going to give you an opportunity this evening. Everybody say tonight, 6 o'clock. We're going to be right back here. And tonight we're going to receive communion. We're going to have a, a time of worship. We're going to kick this 21 days of prayer and fasting off the right way. Hang on, don't leave. Y'all, don't leave yet. And here's what I want you to do. In this room, there are quite a few of you who raised your hand to give your heart to Jesus. Take a Connect card, fill it out. You can bring it to one of our prayer team. They're making their way here to the front now. Or you can drop it at the Welcome Center because we want to connect with you and talk to you about your next steps in your walk with Christ. And I pray that I'll see you here tonight at 6. It's going to be awesome, all right? Lots of resources for you. Don't forget to grab a hold of one of these. Today, before you leave this place, this is a guide for the 21 days of prayer and fasting. It gives you some things to focus on, some things to pray for. And uh, let's spend this 21 days drawing closer to the presence of God. Amen? And don't forget this. We don't just go to church. Love you guys. Be blessed. We'll see you back here tonight.